Hello, and welcome to the 15th publicly released episode, 33 and a third, under 45. This show is a collection of personal essays written by me, Ryan Lynch, each based around an album that I've had on repeat. For the next few weeks, I'm releasing previous episodes that were originally available exclusively on Patreon. We're almost caught up, so there'll be some new stuff coming soon. This episode was originally written on August 15th, 2019. For up-to-date news, episodes, and columns, follow me on Twitter, at StoopKidLivesOn, or go to FranzRadio.com. Or you can follow my band, Premium Heart, at PremiumHeartNY on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up-to-date on future shows and releases. Just yesterday, I released my third bass video on our YouTube channel, this one on the song Delirium, and there's one more coming next week. So make sure you check all those out, and enjoy the episode! Just a quick content note up top, I'll be talking about genocide, fascism, and political generalizations based on demographic trends, so you don't have to yell at me if you're one of the good ones. What kind of soundtrack keeps us inspired in a cynical world? I'm Ryan Lynch, and this is 33 and a third, under 45. I spend a lot of time doing deep dives on music, and I try to break open as much of what the songwriters are trying to say as I can, whether it be about themselves or the world around them. But it's becoming more and more obvious that a lot of people don't do that, even when they've been listening to these songs for decades, and especially when they're really popular. The more these songs are played out and diluted, the less real meaning they seem to have, like an album everyone seems to know, Pink Floyd's 1979 record, The Wall. I've been thinking about this in the context of older generations lately, after starting to really delve into the solo career of Roger Waters, the bass player and main songwriter for Pink Floyd. Primarily, is this the life we really want, his newest record. I was searching through some reviews for it and came across this one. Good music, twisted message. I have been a Roger Waters fan since Dark Side of the Moon. This album has a good sound, but way too much political commentary. If you take it to heart, you might find yourself cowering in the corner. I get around that feeling by substituting Obama for Trump references. Most liberals thought Obama could do no wrong. Secret is, we conservatives were just as disappointed with Obama's presidency as our leftists today about Trump. The difference is, we didn't whine and cry as much as they do. With no fucking laws Picture a cat house With no fucking whores Picture a shit house With no fucking dreams Picture a leader With no fucking brains If 
if you know anything about Roger Waters, you already know more than Steve S. But if you don't, he's pretty consistently written political lyrics. Even before the Pink Floyd album I picked for this month's column, you can clearly see his politics shine through in most of his post-Dark Side of the Moon work, both solo and with Floyd. Here's Sheep from their 1977 record, Animals. The entire album is politically driven, from attacking capitalism, media censorship and traditional values, to blindly obeying a leader until you realize how far you've fallen. The issue we're seeing today, though, is that so many people, especially when they're privileged enough to be less affected by day-to-day policy fights, don't realize they've fallen from their ideals at all. They think they're on the right side of history, but if you were to supplant their opinions now relative to the oppressive power structures back just a few decades, They would almost certainly be the people calling Martin Luther King Jr. a dangerous radical and contributing to the almost two-thirds disapproval rating that he had in 1966. They'd much rather just keep politics out of it and talk about something else, instead of standing up for what's right. King talked extensively about the dangers of these white moderates who sit on the sidelines in his letter from a Birmingham jail. First, I must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate, who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace which is the presence of justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action, who paternalistically believes he can set the timetable for another man's freedom, who lives by a mythical concept of time, and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. I'm bewildered by the present-day rejection of societal optimism and justice from the generations that viewed their elders as the evil traditionalists standing in the way of integration, civil rights, ending the imperialism of the Cold War, alongside so many societal ills that have by no means disappeared. 
The hippies of the late 60s and the punks of the late 70s grew up and stopped caring about making the world a better place, choosing instead to stay complacent in favor of the status quo that now benefited them. Instead of internalizing the messages of their heroes and inspirations, they became the villains of their favorite stories. They act like children who don't know better, whether it be by naivete or ignorance, but refuse to honestly engage with the things that inspired them when they were young, learning all the wrong lessons, just like the generations they fought against. Which brings me to The Wall. It's a rock opera, and like most narrative albums, the plot's a bit murky, so I'm not going to get into the inspirations of which characters are based on who or the deep cuts behind it, but the main bullet points of the plot are a young boy's father dies in a war, Dad is across the ocean. The boy is left with his overprotective mother, who pushes him to isolate himself from the world around him. His school teachers' harassments and cruelties add to his anxiety, and they too are stuck in cycles of abuse.
As he grows older, after a back and forth of infidelities, a divorce pushes him even further into emotional isolation. Day after day, love turns gray, like the skin of a dying man. A night after night, we pretend it's all right, but I have grown older. You have grown colder And nothing is very much fun anymore And I Despite that, he becomes a rock star, has to medicate to even function through his anxieties, and imagines a world where he's a fascist leader who scapegoats minorities with extermination. Realizing the monster that lurks inside him, he puts himself on trial within his own psyche and confronts the characters that pushed him to build up his walls. Good morning, worm, your honor. The crown will plainly show the prisoner who now stands before you was caught red and showing feelings. Showing feelings of an almost human nature. But in the end, he's sentenced. The evidence before the court is incontrovertible. There's no need for the jury to retire. In all my years of judging, I have never heard before of someone more deserving than the full penalty of law. Sentenced to let himself feel real emotions again, and tears down his defenses, exposing his vulnerabilities to the cruel world around him, while the album hints at the cycle starting all over again when it ends with a loop that connects it to the opening track. My friend, you have revealed your deepest fear. I sentence you to be exposed before you. The politics of the album aren't explicitly clear until the latter half, but Waters is saying a lot throughout. Our protagonist, Pink, is constantly blaming everyone around him for his flaws. His father, his mother, his teacher, his wife, eventually blaming anyone impure. But throughout all of his projection, empty sadness and blind rage, he only finds actual growth and solace when he does some, albeit dramatic, self-reflection. He puts himself on trial, not because he's forced to, but because it's the only way he can exercise his demons. It's not anyone's fault but his. Sure, he had external struggles, 
But at the end of the day, he was just an asshole who was turning his daddy issues, mommy issues, issues with women, etc. But most of all, his fears into a force to hurt people. Honest self-reflection and confronting the internalized trauma, usually ingrained from childhood, are the only real ways we can grow and develop into the people we thought we'd grow into when we were kids. The people that always look for blame around them, especially when directing it at the most vulnerable, instead of the systems that enable the real villains, should remember what it was like to be that scared kid watching the world change around them, whether it was in the 50s and 60s, or just yesterday. To imagine how the people that inspired them would look down at them now with disgust as they've gone from the victim of the trauma to the perpetrator, maybe as an absent father, or an overprotective mother, or a cruel teacher, or maybe simply as a person who's adding just another brick to the wall. But it's a much better story if we tear down the walls in the end, instead of building even taller ones for tomorrow's children to have to smash through. And when they've given you their all, some stagger and fall, after all, it's not easy. Banging your heart against some mad bugger's wall. I would like to give an extra special thank you to Jay from the Potser Podcast for contributing to this episode with her reading of Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham jail. For more of her work, especially on this specific letter, I would check out her Patreon episode from March 2019, which was released publicly last month on July 23rd. So for her podcast, go to potsterpodcast.com or flyingmachine.network. Thanks a lot, Jay. I give you the incredible flying machine!